Welcome to the Blues Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Martin, back again with Chris Frank. What it do? So, once again, Blues are on a roll, mm-hmm. and uh, good things. So, we have a jam-packed show, actually, for compared to the last couple weeks, we were just doing pretty much uh, recaps. We have a big announcement at the end of the show. Indeed. And we also have a couple of news and notes. The Blues made a trade this week. Yep. Had some games this week. Yep. Um, yeah, so... NHL, uh, some a little NHL talk we'll throw in there. About sure. Ads on jerseys and such. So we have a ton of stuff to go over. Lots and lots and lots of stuff. Jam packed, as the kids say. Yeah. So, yeah. How's everything going this week so far? Good, man. You know, it's uh, it's just been a week. Yeah. One week closer to the holidays. So I know we already. Why a big fan of like getting Christmas shopping done, and I'm a big fan of not going to stores when it's like absolutely crazy. Right. So, well, you can get it done before Thanksgiving. It's good. And I'm fine, but I'm big. Like, let's just order it on Amazon, like like everybody yeah. else. See, and I'm the opposite. Um, I always say that every dude has one gay trait, and yeah. mine is I love to shop. Yeah. So, like, I can go to the mall and spend all day. Yeah. I don't. I don't mind it, but she's just like very super like organized and like has like an app on her phone that has like everything listed and how we much have to we go spend. here and then here. Yeah, and, then and like a list every day. Yeah. And I'm fine with it. And like it's like we always have like a day we take off right before Thanksgiving, right. and we just go. It's kind of, we just do everything and just knock it out, and then it's like well, that's cool. I have, I have a rule after Black Friday, Shut like we don't like it's all online unless it's something that's like too good to pass up, right. and I can get in and out of the store. 
Do you do Black Friday shopping? Used to. I haven't done it in years. Probably since our Macy's been born. So the the last time I ever really did anything was, um, I'd say probably like eight years ago, eight nine years ago. Um, I felt the need to get a TV, and my buddy Jack and I were actually texting each other back and forth from sales, and ended up buying the exact same TV mm-hmm. um, at Circuit City. Circuit and City. I still have the TV. Uh, it, it's a, a rear projection. He does not. Cause... He does not. He <laughs> and what's funny is like he uses his a lot more because mm-hmm. I traveled for work. Mm-hmm. So he went through like three or four lamps, oh, and wow. he finally got tired of it. Like he bought a lamp and then just ended up giving it to me because he went to a flat screen. But really? yeah, I can't like the people who camp out for that stuff. I just can't do. That's it. a special kind of commitment. Like I don't care how good of a deal on the TV. Did you're you hear about get. the uh, utilities in uh, Santa Monica? No. Uh, they're already at Best Buy. And this is I heard. Wow. This is like, like earlier this week. I heard they were already camping out. I have to figure out which Best Buy they're at because if it's the one by my old apartment, that's not a good place to camp. Out. Like she was, they were there's two of them there, and they said if you, they figured out like for the deals they're going to get because they yeah they said TV. I forgot they said TV or something like that. Apparently they have because a friend of mine was talking about this. They have like some sixty inch TV for four hundred dollars. Yeah, I saw I saw a couple. I saw a look. Because Amazon matches a lot of it right. for you folks that maybe plus, want to figure that out now. Plus, the people who haven't figured out Cyber Monday is the exact same thing yeah, as Black Friday. Dude, three years ago, I Cyber Mondayed my entire kitchen and got like stainless steel everything delivered and installed for two grand. Yeah, it's not bad at all. So None of this has anything to do with Blue Sky. Yeah, this is our what's going on in the lives. So. <laughs> A successful weekend. In, in, in somewhat hockey news, uh, Jason played goal in our hockey game this week, and we won. I did, and I was mediocre at best. Hey, we you won, but you won, and at least you found a chest protector in the eleventh hour. Got it. So, uh, so I had to use a so I borrow a friend's equipment, our, our regular goalie's equipment, but his chest protector is a very good one. So yeah. he has an older one he gave me. And it was sitting in my basement, and I'm just like, oh, remember to grab that, Jason. And I'm, I got there, got everything on, dude, ready to throw it the on. the look on your face, like, you just looked up at me, and I was like, what? And you're like, I'm an idiot. I was like, you don't have a helmet. Like, I got a helmet. So you don't have a glove. I got a glove. You don't have a blocker. I got a blocker. I was like, you don't have a chest plate. Nope. Nope. And I was like, oh, you're going to hurt so bad. Yeah. Luckily, uh, <laughs> of somebody who's actually filling in for us, uh, Dominic, who actually will be on the show soon. Yeah, he's uh, the New York Islanders guy. Yeah, he, so he'll be on in the next couple of weeks yep. to breathe the Blues and the Islanders at the beginning of December. But luckily, he lives very close by mm-hmm. and had an old one that fit perfectly. And great. Actually, actually thicker than the one that I had, so yeah. it didn't even hurt as much. So, fantastic, we won. Looks like we'll be locking up for the first place. All we got to do is win this week. Yeah, so which we that team, if they show up. Our coach was amazing this week. Yes, Chris, is, uh, Chris has been designated IR. Slash Probably until the playoffs for another three weeks due to his wrist still acting up. Yeah, for those of you who have never had a TFCC injury, which stands for something, something. triangular fibro cartilage something, I highly suggest you don't do it because basic human tasks become a huge problem when you can't use your hand. Yep. So a little rough on Chris, but. Let's go into our Blues hockey. So this week, for, let's recap some games, and then we'll do Blues news. Sure. So this week, uh, the last time you left us, we were actually recording in the middle of the Blues uh, national game on November 8th. Yep. So we actually, at the time, it was one-to-one, but we'll f- go through the whole game again. 
Uh, Yori Laterra in the first period gets his third of the year from Jaden Schwartz and Vladimir Tarasenko. So the STL line strikes again, still tearing it up and getting a ton of points at the fourteen thirty mark. Blues lead one nothing. Uh, good little play by uh, once again that whole line just knows where each other is at. Yeah, it's, like it's crazy. really cool to see. Like obviously, what's funny not funny, but when you like you start breaking down the line, the common denominator in this line is Tarasenko because mm-hmm. he's got a year. Or a couple years experience with Schwartz. He's got years of experience with, with Lotera for being in the KHL. But this is the first time that Lotera and Schwartz have been together. But mm-hmm. you would never know it. Yeah. You would never watch that line and think that those two haven't played together for years. Yeah, that line is slowly becoming the talk of the NHL. Um, just all, as of, I think, last, after last night was the, that's when we're recording on Sunday, the 16th, that, uh, Lavar Teresico finally didn't have a point as an eight-game point streak, and yeah. he was actually, I think, fourth in NHL with 21 points at the time. Yep, like it's it's awesome to see like a Blues player like kind of this far into this season, still at the top, of still a near the top, and like right next to like somebody like Sidney Crosby, which yeah. is like awesome. So, uh, in the first period, a Blues lead one nothing. In the second period, unfortunately, the other super uh, super rookie Philip Forsberg gets a sixth of the year. No relation. Correct. Uh, from Roman Yossi and James Neal at the 720 mark. That line has actually been really good. Yeah. Neal is uh, surprising me. I really thought he would kind of get there without a center. Well, I, think, I didn't think Ribeiro would be able yeah, to respond. Yeah, I agree. But he uh, has. I agree. Dude, the entire National Predators team has, has impressed me. Yeah, this is the battle for first place in the division yeah. as of right now. Because I think uh, Nashville, well, I think the Blues are up by when one we point. Came, at the start of the game, the Blues were up by one point. Yeah. And they played the same amount of games and everything. Yep. So. Third period of as a good back. It kind of reminds me of old school, regular Nash like Blues Nashville like pretty decently tight mm-hmm. like defensively. Even though there's a new coach, a new system in yeah. Nashville, and then as we're upstairs watching it, the thirteen thirty two mark. James Neal gets his eighth of the year from Philip Forsberg and Mike Ribeiro. So that mm-hmm. line once that again strikes on two to one, and then that winds up being the final score of the game. The Blues drop one, and their seven game winning streak is ended. You know. Uh, it seems like regardless of what the team records are, these two teams always play tight. Yep. Um, what was it, two years ago, where I think almost every contest went to overtime? Was a one, overtime or like a one-goal game yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it seems like in recent history, the Blues have been able to win all of those games against Nashville. But this this rivalry always kind of goes in, in, in flux where – Nashville will win for a few years, and then the Blues will win for a few years. Um, but they always play each other tight. I can't remember the last time that there was a legitimate blowout. Like even if the score is like a three to one or four to one game, I think the only time was the last game when of the season, the one that we were going to go to. Or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like the only time, and that's. But I think Nashville's pretty much like out of it, and yeah. it wasn't really. Yeah, because we played like a, it seems like our schedule always we always have like this huge like front loaded schedule in Nashville. We we play them like eight times three or four times. Ta- yeah, we play like, play like three or four times the first twenty games, and then we also have like one or two sprinkled in at the end. Yeah, so it's really odd that we go almost like four months without playing them. Yeah, it's always then, weird. Yeah, but this year they have a couple to start, so two in two weeks. Yeah, so this seems how it goes. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it, it's it's interesting to see how these two teams match up because I think for Nashville, um, obviously Chicago is a rival for anyone who's in the Central, but geographically, um, it's their closest rival yeah. is the Blues. 
Uh, and that's a team that, you know, even before the Blues got on this hot streak, they both kind of were not fledgling teams, but kind of on that cusp as far as like who's going to take the next step up. And yeah. it, thankfully for us, it was the Blues. Yeah. So going into the Tuesday night game, the Veterans Day celebration, which is they did a lot, a lot of nice things. Yeah. It was really uh, cool. It was cool to see all that. So Blues at home again during their five game road, or five game homestand, excuse me, and played the Buffalo Sabres. So. This is one of those games where you call you it, I, I call it, I call it a cupcake game where you should be nice and easy. Yep. Uh, and it did not start that way. Did not start that way, but eventually uh, got going. So it was really back and forth the whole first period. Like they really was, you know, Buffalo I, had some really good. Buffalo chances. was playing really well, and um, at the time, I believe. Let me scroll down for half a second here because I keep getting switch goalies so much. Ryan Elliott was in again. That's right. Yeah. He's wearing the helmet. That's right. So Brian Elliott had to make a lot of good saves. Yeah, he Weird, did, Ronnie. Because I really thought the. Natural game was his first, like, should have had those goals. Uh, yeah, I agree. I really think the Neal goal was a should have had. Yep. And uh, the Forsberg, I, I gave 50-50. Yeah, but the I, Neal goal for sure should have had it. The Neal goal I thought he should have had. Um, so going to this game is back and forth, and then Yori Latera off a, a very, double drop pass. Uh, yeah, from Schwartz, from first the Tarasenko and Schwartz, his fourth of the season. So literally one nothing off a... Awesome drop pass from Schwartz drop pass to Tarasenko. Tarasenko cuts to the middle. Does another drop pass to Laterra, who basically, he did it so slightly that nobody knew where the puck was. No, not and even. He shot it like, it hit the back of the net, and Enroth, who was in goal for yeah. Buffalo, just didn't even react. It went, he was on the right side of the goal. Yep. He literally left the whole left side open, and that's where Laterra shot it. And he just sat there and just was looking around like he was so screened, and yeah. it was an awesome play. I've watched that highlight at least a dozen times. And I still have a problem following the puck from Tarasenko's stick to Laterra's stick. And it's amazing that it there's, went there's through. like four pairs of skates there. Yeah, and it got through on top of that. It was it was pretty awesome. So a big night for somebody on the STL line, but not Vladimir Tarasenko or Jaden Schwartz. So yeah. second period comes around at three twenty one mark. Yori Laterra gets his fifth of the year, his second of the game from you know, Tarasenko and Jaden Schwartz. Once a again. ridiculous give and go play. Yep. So that was. I mean, if you describe it, I mean, I just was just it, amazing. What I thought was impressive about this one was the pass that Laterra gave to Tarasenko, which was, again, it split two defenders and went to Tarasenko, but really only covered maybe five feet. Mm-hmm. There was so much traffic in that small area that I don't know how he got that puck to Tarasenko. But, you know, and we talked about these guys' ability to know where each other is. Tarasenko gets the puck and in one motion basically just skates a foot to the left, drops it behind the defender where Laterra is, and has now created a three-man screen with himself and the two Buffalo defenders. Yeah, so pretty awesome. So, uh, And then at the fourteen twenty-six mark, the Blues' first shorthanded goal of the year. Wow, that's right. And the Blues get their third hat trick of the year. And a natural hat trick. A natural hat trick, which I was, for the longest time, I always thought a natural hat trick was all in the same period. Uh, just three in a row. It's three in a row, so I was up kind of uh, stupid for a little bit. But <laughs> Yori Laterra gets a sixth of the year from Jaden Schwartz and Barrett Jackman. On a great play. Uh, Jaden Schwartz pretty much made Tyler Myers, who Looks is. Looks dumb. Uh, I think 10 inches. Yeah. Taller than him. Uh, basically, on turned the right hand board, out. turned him inside out, went around him, waited for the other defender to slide, 
Perfect pass to Lotero, who one timed it in and buried it. Hat trick goal, so that means starting with Jaden Schwartz gets a, the hat trick, then followed by Vladimir Tarasenko, and now Yori Lotero. So the whole, the STL line, the whole line has got a hat trick. Each Less has than a 20 games into the season. Which is awesome. So the Blues, three to nothing. Looking, that second period was actually where the Blues, like, dominated. Oh, they, yeah. They, they finally turned it on. Usually the second period is kind of like the one I would say the Blues kind of, hmm, struggle. Agreed. And, uh, excuse me, the third period is the one they always kind of tear up, so. Uh, kind of got chippy. This game. Yeah, it really did. Uh, started off with, you know, Ian Cole uh, took a huge hit on uh, Tyler Ennis at the 13-11 mark, where I guess the initial two-minute roughing. Uh, a couple guys jump Cole, uh, and then he's just, you know, tangled and, you know, doing his thing. Ryan Reeves was out of this game at the time. Right. So those didn't have any toughness in, uh, at the lineup, so... Do you think they took advantage of it, or do you think it was just how the play dictated? You know, I really think that this was the culmination of Buffalo saw this game slipping away again. It's a team that had only won three games, I think, coming into this game. Yeah, they're like 3-11 and something. And it was just frustration. I don't think that it was them necessarily trying to capitalize off the fact that the Blues didn't have an enforcer as much as it just was... You know, there's only so many times you can get your teeth kicked in before you just kind of have enough. And they played so well in the first period. And then then, then Um, nothing went their way. And then, like, they just couldn't, they couldn't figure anything out. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, Michael uh, Neuverth was actually, and I said Enroth, so. Um, Neuverth, who was uh, formal capitals. Actually, who they got for Yaroslav Locke. Correct. So. Uh, so that was that was a a big hit. Uh, the puck was basically deflected by Cole out of play, and he kind of followed his hit. Mm-hmm. He deserved the penalty. I don't care. He did. Says, he did. Like you follow your hit, that's what you're taught to do. But yet, yeah, be smart. And the thing is, also Italianus is also a tiny dude. Yeah, and he got and Cole is you know pretty. He is a strong guy. I mean, as much as people want to rip on Cole, yeah. Like I mean, that's, I mean, he basically threw him into the boards. Um, scrum ensued. Uh, Enos actually came in and sucker punched Cole after. Uh, Nikita Zadarov was actually like kind of fighting Cole. Yeah. And then that caused Alexander Steen to jump uh, Tyler Ennis. And then Alexander Steen gets his first ever fighting major in NHL. Yeah. And that's a very weird week when it comes to Blues fighting. Yeah. So then Steen uh, bloodies up Ennis, actually. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Buffalo was not happy about that. So after that, you know, five minutes, you know, majors are handed out. In the third period, uh, Cody McCormick, who's a piece of crap. Yes. Who doesn't deserve to be in NHL, in my opinion. Just a, just on the lines of a kind of a, uh, like, I like George Peros, you know, but that hit, like, the dude that George Peros is there to beat people up. Yeah. And that's what this guy still is there. This, and this guy is pretty much the same deal. Pretty much goes after Steen right away, and Steen drops the gloves again. Uh, he gets a rough, two, he gets a, a double roughing penalty, which I was just weird, because they actually did drop the gloves and just yeah. wrestled each other. It wasn't really any punches thrown. So I thought that was a little odd that it wasn't any kind of uh, fighting major. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Stewart decides to jump in after, you know, I think Gunnarsson came in, was trying to defend Steen. And Stewart, just, actually, that's the only time I noticed the guy. Yeah, I was just going to say, Chris Stewart had to do something to let people know that he was there. Uh, Mike Weber thinks he's cool and decides to, uh, <laughs> you know, like, did you see I tried to twist, like, Steen's head off, like, yeah. in front of the net? That was a play. I was just like, that's just dangerous and stupid. I agree. Uh, there's a difference between, like, trying to let somebody know you're there as a defenseman, I know like when somebody's near the net, you know what you need to do. Get your sure. get your you know glove in their face and push them away, or give them a little stick or whatever. I right. get it. Yeah, but time where you're twisting the guy's head, where it was like yeah, trying to like you know, break. It looked like you're trying to break his neck. 
Pull Mark Henry. Beat him up. Beat him up. <laughs> anyway, I just, I've had to slip that in there. I was waiting for that one. So uh, that's a lot of the fighting stuff. We'll get into the, all the goal scoring. There's a lot in the third. So after that penalty from the double penalty there, Tyler Enos scores his fifth of the year on a power play. Which from is an Molson. awesome goal. Yeah, it was a perfect feed from Molson, who saw him on the other side of the yep. net and buries it. And that was from Enos, from Molson, and Stafford. So that's Enos' fifth of the year. Uh, nothing really happens until near the end of the period. And the Blues get a five-minute power play. Why, do you ask? Because Tarasenko got speared like whoa. Yeah. Right in the... Like right, right under his ribs, that's uh, what it looked like. I thought it was in his coin purse. That was it? Be. I thought it was. See, I have to look again. I thought they got him in the side. Yeah. They, get, more, him in the, they more, get him in the beanbag? Yeah. <laughs> oh! I was waiting to use that, too. I actually had that written down. We're coin purse down. Oh, uh, you know, that's... uh. That's some man pain right there. Yeah, if I, that's where they got him. It might have got him in the stomach, but from the angle that I, I see the replay every time, I think it got him lower. All right, I'll have to watch again. Yeah, I so, thought they got him right below the rim. So that's but, from Nicholas Delorier, who's a, who did not get any supplemental discipline from it. The, I thought that was a textbook. The much referred at least to lower fine. abdomen. Yeah, lower abdomen. There you go. <laughs> I thought he deserved something. Like, at yeah. least a fine, but nothing happened. Yeah, because that was a straight-up spear. That wasn't accidental in any way, yeah. shape, or form. Yeah, because he was going after him, that whole shift, kind of like cross-checking him and letting him know he was there. And then as Tarasenko was going on the four-check, he came by. And it was really sly, like, you did not even see it. All of a sudden, you saw Tarasenko go down to a knee. Yeah. And they called it. Then they showed the replay, and you saw, like, what happened. You're like, oh, man, you should be glad you're going off the ice. And he got five-minute major, and I believe he got he didn't get a game of misconduct. Just a, his match penalty. The thing that worries me about that, so I believe match penalty means you're kicked out of the game. Yes. yes. So he uh, was kicked out then. What what concerns me about this is not as much the spear as it is the fact that you know they targeted Tarasenko. Yeah. It wasn't just coincidental that he was the guy who got the spear. Which we'll go into uh, next game. Which we'll go into the game later on where right. we know where we could tell it's happening and something that happened that made me feel really good about that. Correct. So... Let's go with all the goals. So a five-minute power play. So basically, this is what you want to do after when they do something like this. You just people say, punish them. yeah, people say go out there and like do it to their best player. Then no, or you do something like this and humiliate the team. Correct. So Blues start off with a power play goal at sixteen thirty-eight from David. David Backus gets a tip right in front from Shattenkirk and Alexander Steen. So less a little over a minute later, at the seventeen thirty-nine mark, Joachim, Joachim Lindstrom his second. Of the year from Steen and Magnus Piarvi gets his first point of yep. the year. Which, by the way, if you watch that goal again, nice it's, shot. It's very reminiscent of the Yaskin goal against Chicago from the slot. Yeah, yep. he get he comes off the bench and just beelines it straight to the slot. No one sees him coming in, and he just rifles it. So then, under a minute later, Lindstrom Yuk- again. Yukiem Lindstrom. Yukiem Lindstrom is third of the season, is second of the game from Steen and Shattenkirk. So the Blues. Pouring it on, making Buffalo look stupid. Yep, three power play goals on this five minute. Yeah, so I think this is what maybe like inflated us to number two. I saw number two last night. We were watching it. I'm like, that that fake stat. Oh yeah, well not fake stat, but totally bloated stat. Yeah, so made it look a little bloated here. So the Blues win six to one. Latera first star, Schwartz second star, and Tarasenko third star. Um, yeah, that's yeah, how it, it makes is. Sense. So, blue that line it got uh, right up on NHL.com. I saw that. STL I read line, that. That's which is really awesome. Great. Go check that out. Let's go into the next game, a rematch against the Nashville Predators. Um, we had our game that night, so we yep. missed mm, about half, half, about half, half of it. Game. So, this game, all of a sudden, a couple of things happen. Uh, T.G. Oshie returns. Yeah, out of nowhere. 
Uh, so the Blues are for the first time all season at full health, which is crazy. To which think about. I thought I kept telling myself, well, what about the home opener? Gunnarsson. Gunnarsson was not in, so that's all I remembered. So uh, the Blues full squad. So yeah. this uh, this is like what the team you're supposed to be like. Yeah, this is the team that we're going to go with the whole season. And uh, I don't think they didn't disappoint. It was a, it was a really good game uh, for everything that we saw. Uh, the first period, T.J. Oshie gets his uh, first of the year, finally, yeah. off a point shot on the power play from Tarasenko and Laterra. So a good cycling play up top. Tarasenko with a shot of backups with another really good screen. That's yep. what he does. How and, that goal didn't deflect off of somebody is amazing. Yeah, found it's, it was a wrist shot too, man. Which yeah. Usually when you have a wrist shot like that, it's kind of hard to see. So, Blues uh, up one to nothing. And then a kind of a weird instance happened here at the 1245 mark. Carl Gunnarsson gets his first year from uh, LaPierre and Steve Ott. So, Ott with two points now. Yeah. So, Pirate. the thing that happened was the uh, shot from the point that Gunnarsson had hit the post. It hit the in, the top of the crost, the 90 degree, yeah. where the post in the crossbar crost. Yeah. I don't know if anybody knows that. So, Correct. hits that. Hits the back bar so quickly that... Uh, ref waved no goal, and the back judge didn't turn the light on. Almost two minutes and thirty seconds of the of actual time was played. Yeah, and when the whistle went, they blew the horn, told the refs to come over, and they showed it, and the goal counted. Yeah, and so they had to rewind the time, and basically, so uh, free hockey, so free hockey for people got an extra two minutes of a uh, time there. Am I throwing off some uh, stat, some stats? <laughs> See, there, and that's but, what I wondered. Like, what happens in a situation where? Say like Nashville scored there, right? I think I like, mean I have to that research that. Done? I would have to say our goal happened first, right? And then I think that anything that happened after that would be a considered just doesn't happen. Uh, so this game, uh, this is where Jake Allen started. So at the thirteen twenty one mark, Philip Forsberg gets his eighth of the year from that Neil and Yossi. Good. A good pa- Neil throws it against the right side boards like to an open wing. Mm-hmm. Forsberg like flies in, takes a hard slap shot. Allen comes out for the. Uh, Cuff the angle, but just doesn't yeah. uh, get enough of it. It was a hard slap shot to his blocker side. Good play. Uh, Blues still have two to one going into the uh, second period. At the three forty one mark, Shea Weber gets his fifth of the year from Forsberg and Yossi. Forsberg is becoming a new Blues killer this season oh, so yeah. far, and I like the guy. And pretty much a similar play, um, and they're both guys with hard slap shots. Like Shea Weber, as you know, taking the hardest slap shot challenge Every for All Star year, and he's been. Top three. It's always him and Chara. Yeah, they've been top three every time. So you know that these guys are going to have you know really good uh, shots. So that's something to look at. Maybe better positioning on Allen's part. But it's a blast. I don't blame the kid at all. For yeah. <laughs> I would get out. No, of the way I don't too. think any of those goals were soft goals. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I was fine with those. But I mean, maybe it was a positioning thing where yeah, where you know a big blast is coming. But he was coming out on both of them. But maybe he didn't get enough right. of the angle to start. So, but uh, I still think he's playing awesome. So it doesn't matter. So, uh, once again, Vladimir Tarasenko cuts across the middle, shoots, and goes glove side on Pekarine, gets his 10th of the year from Laterra and Schwartz. This is becoming a normal kind of thing, if you haven't yeah. noticed it. So, and it's pretty awesome that to see the Blues like have a line that's this dominant. And it finishes off the Gordie Howe hat trick. Yes, as Tarasenko. he got in a fight earlier when he was getting, uh, I would say, picked on. But, uh, you know, they're going after him, sure. letting him know that he's there. And then he jumps in and wrestles him to the ground. Which, good for him, man. And that's good. I mean, there's part of you as a fan that's like, dude, please do not 
be stupid and hurt yourself by getting into a fight. But at the same time, you like to see the kid have enough scrap and be like, you're not going to push me around. Yeah, this is actually we were pulling into the parking lot to yeah. the post when uh, the Tarasenko got the goal. And they said finish off the Cordial hat trick. I mean, you were driving separately. Get out of the car. We're like, what? Yeah. So my first thought was, oh, somebody who got an assist on that goal must have gotten into a fight and had a goal earlier. Oh, like, yeah, I, my happened. thought was like, oh, I bet it was Gunnarsson. Yeah, or something like that. So pretty awesome. But unfortunately, the Blues can't hold the lead. 1959, power play goal from Roman Yossi gets his second of the year from Shea Weber and Philip Forsberg. Basically, uh, Blues failed to clear the puck, and Yossi just kind of gets at the point and just slaps it hard as he can and knows time's running out. Yeah. Uh, good screen in front by uh, Forsberg and everybody else that's in the front, and then Jake Allen didn't even see it. Shades point, of the LA Kings game a few years ago. In yeah, the point oh, I think it was point oh four, and that wasn't being point nine, but it was point four when it first uh, showed it. So kind of a crushing goal there, and I kind of thought I'm like, look, that you hate to get those up, and that can yeah. kind of like crush a team. But the Blues come back, and Paul Stastny gets his second of the year, the fourteen oh six mark with a great deflection off the Kevin Shattenkirk pass shot. I guess you want to call it. Yeah, deflects it uh, between the legs of Pekarene, uh Gunner, and from. Stasny from Shattenkirk and Gunnarsson at the 14-06 mark. Blues hold on and win the game. And move back into first. By a point. So very awesome. Stasny, the first star, followed by Tarasenko and Philip Forsberg. Yep. Forsberg with a goal and two assists that game. Having a very good rookie season. Dude, he, Making how that great trade, was that trade? That, that, that Erat trade look. Straight up Martin Erat for Philip Forsberg. That's Forsberg guy is somebody I... I, I wish the Blues kind of would have taken, but he, I knew he wouldn't fall that far in that Could draft. He imagine, took 10 or 11, I believe, in that draft. Imagine how different the Capitals would be right now if you had Ovechkin and Forsberg. Mm-hmm. And like their big Russian, like Knutsev, came over, and he's been yeah. okay so far. Yeah. He hasn't been the lights out like they thought they were. That leads us into Speaking last of night's the Washington game. Capitals. Blues play the Washington Capitals. So this game... Is I, I'm like you said the other night, or what was the last podcast? The Blues played their the one of their best games was like the Anaheim game. Yeah, um, I'm calling this the best complete game the Blues have had. Where the the Blues the Blues dominated from the puck drop. Yeah, to the horn. Yeah, like I like every instance. Like there's very few times where you thought the Capitals had like oh for sure you know, the Blues came out from the get go. And, uh, you know, even though, you know, it was tied at one point, um, the Blues really imposed their will. And, and also, really kind of shut down Ovechkin. Yeah, he only had, uh, through the first two periods, only had one shot. Which is unheard of, because that dude will shoot from anywhere. He leads the league in shots with almost 150 shots. Uh, uh, Tarasenko is uh, ninth. In the league with a Just to put shots. it in perspective for Blues fans, because we all know how many times Tarasenko shoots the puck. Imagine. He's ninth. Yeah. So let's start off with a recap. The Blues, uh, Yori Laterra on a roll, man. Yeah, early. One of the guys, like, one of the guys at my work who was doing fantasy hockey for the first time, I told him, like, he's like, who is my guy to pick up? Who's my, like, dark horse? Yori Laterra. And I said, if, depending, I said, I'll give him one very position. And I was like, I said, Laterra. Could be like a huge pickup for you. And he said he wound up like losing the first week and he's won every week since then. Yeah. And he was like, you're a godsend. I was like, mm-hmm. I told you he's probably who I'm going to put on the back of my jersey. That's pretty awesome. Like I still need to do mine. So uh, a couple are we going to be, are we going to be the weird people who have matching Tarasenko and the Terra jerseys? Maybe. 
All right. So. <laughs> I guess maybe. <laughs> it could be. So uh, let's have the first period. Yori Laterra is seventh of the year from Schwartz and Shattenkirk. Basically, Schwartz came in down the lead on the left wing, um, outweighed the sliding defenseman. Yeah. Uh, put a shot on goal, and it kind of – I think it hit the defenseman before it got to uh, – I think so too. Uh, Justin Peters, who their backup since uh, Washington played the night before. And Latero's right there to clean up and get the easy goal. Yeah. So one nothing Blues. The Blues look really good this period. Uh, that period, the the Washington defense had eight giveaways. Oh yeah. Just the defense. They We're not talking like the awful. end of the team. Um. Oh, there's that crap goal. So uh, let's get into that. Joel War gets his eighth of the year. It's the six thirty eight mark in the second period from Speaking Mike Green. Of goals you should have had. And then Nate Schmidt. I was very confused on his uh, what he was doing there. If you watch it again. Yeah. Um. He was. It's all coming on down the right hand boards on a rush. That was not an innocent looking rush. It was. It wound up being a three on two, and then Tarasenko was hauling back to make it a three on three. And Ward takes the shot, and for some reason, which I'm still unsure about, he reaches with his glove hand across his body to where his blocker's at to get it. Yeah. Instead of blockering it away, I think it's one of those maybe like weird reaction things that sure. And so when he does this, he doesn't get the puck with his glove, obviously. Hits his, you know, basically trickles between his body and rolls into net barely. And so Elliot, like, there's a couple. So you can say, like, out of the last maybe uh, last three goals he had, yeah, he's like he should have had, if yeah. you think about it, because Allen had the last game. Is it me, or does it seem like that type of goal gets given up by Elliot quite a bit? The ones where he makes the initial stop, but, but then you watch it and it looks like he poops it out and it goes in the goal. Yeah, it's uh, it's some of those like you wish you could have. So hopefully those kind of get corrected and then, like around playoff time. That's the, those are the ones that kill uh, kill you. So, oh, dude, they're killers. But this year, you know, we have more scoring, so who knows? But still, this but playoffs are a different story. Absolutely. So we'll get to that. Um, this game was a little chippy as well. It kind of yeah. uh, Reeves was you know back in and he everything was you know he made his uh, presence known. Had a fighting major with Tom Wilson, who kind of re- was running around this game uh, as he got another penalty later in the third period. But uh, you know, a lot of the Blues just basically the Blues wound up just imposing their will. And I, I really thought, I really did not have one moment where, excuse me, Washington was in their zone, in our zone, and I was like scared. I agree. Like there was not a time where we got caught in our zone that much. And yeah. it was like, like I said, it was a perfect game. Pretty much. Let's get to the third period, or the rest of the second period, actually. I missed that one. Jade Schwartz gets his seventh of the year from Shattenkirk and Gunnarsson at the 1236 mark. Basically, on this play, the shot from Shattenkirk, I thought uh, Justin Peters made the save, but actually it hits Schwartz in the stomach, drops down, and he's able to put it on the backhand into the yep. empty net because Justin Peters didn't know where it was at. Correct. So, Blues up 2-1 to one going into the third, and it's one of those where I thought the Blues should have had like a bigger lead. I but it's just one of those because they were playing so well and getting so many so much pressure. But uh, David Backus gets the uh, uh, you know cupcake goal, no doubt. Talk about mishandling the puck. Twelve seconds in, David Backus is fifth of the year from Patrick Berglund, so he has a side. I'm sorry, who? Patrick Berglund is his second assist of the year. He comes. I've heard with, of that he guy. comes actually. He sucks though, right? Isn't yeah. that what we're told? He yeah, sucks. That's yeah, what that's what we're told from numerous amount of people. Right. So basically, Justin Peters has his head up, has the puck and behind the net, and he's ready to pass it. It's one of those where you're looking to pass it. You know, you're taught like to be looking up when you're making a pass. Yeah. So just like you just make the pass and he just 
he topped it basically. Yeah. So basically, the puck just goes to the front of the net. Backus is on the forecheck. Basically, has it right on the stick. Buries it into the empty net. Well, good on good on Berglund because you can see, and I forget who it was from Washington is rushing back to try to knock that. Yeah, one of defense. I think it was uh, Niskanen. Was yeah. Yeah. And Berglund just gets there first and and just taps it right to Backus, who literally has a wide open net. Yeah. Which sometimes still is problematic for Mister Backus, but it's in. But he put this one in nice. Well, it's Mister Empty Net. Like uh, every time I remember, yeah, he is Mister Empty Net. Yeah, he does like get the net goals. So. The 1641 mark, uh, the guy who's never around, Patrick Berglund, gets his second of the year. That can't be true. From T.J. Oshie and David Backus. So, and an awesome goal. Yeah. He got a nice little pass from Oshie on the wing and just wide open, yep. and he bears it right underneath the – or on top of the pad, underneath the uh, sliding pad and blocker of Justin Peters. The new five hole. Correct. I don't want to spend too much time on the on the Berglund topic, but it's nice to see – with this line now fully intact, Bacchus, Oshie, and Berglund. Yep, and they're starting to gel now. Yeah. The third, period, is, they, the third period, they looked really good. Yeah, I thought there's a lot of chemistry there. Yeah. And the thing that, that people, and I think I spent most of last night when I couldn't sleep, um, trying to basically educate, in a way, a lot of these Blues fans is, People remember what what Berglund did his rookie campaign mm-hmm. when we were not. We good. were awful. Yeah. We were a horrible team. We and were a slow team. We were not in any way, shape, or form the type of team we are now. Yeah. And Berglund was looked at much like Oshie and Perron when they were the kid line to be scorers. Yeah. But Berglund's role in this team has shifted. Yeah. And he does a lot of things that don't show up, especially on an offensive stat sheet. He's not looked at to score 20 goals anymore. But you see things like this. The guy can still get it done. He's just not asked to do that as much on a, on a basis. Not that he doesn't want to or that he can't. He's really hard on himself, which I think hurts the whole thing because he's so like mental about it. Sure. And I think that's a lot of people have commented that where he gets down when he's not, when he's like trying, like stuff's not going his way. Right. He'll get down, then his play suffers. Um, not to cut you off, but, uh, like a player that reminds me of like how Will Berglund's gone through is somebody who the Blues just played, um, uh, Brooks Like, who's yeah. on, uh, Washington so. had a really awesome and why being like a first line center when Ovechkin was, mm-hmm. you know, still getting in the league, probably a handful of years in the league and was a free agent. And basically everybody, he was like kind of one of the top free agents and he was always known as like a checking center. He wasn't yeah. really, but he had a couple of good years with Ovechkin on his way. Sure. Um, because Backstrom was hurt, I think. Yeah. So Backstrom comes back and then they signed Brooks Light to this five year, $25 million contract. And Brooks Light goes from, 40, 50 point guy to like 20 point guy again. But yeah. he's a good checking center, wins faceoffs. And Washington fans are like, we're paying this guy way too much money. Yeah. Which is, I think, the Blues fans' real gripe. And, and there's still uh, the whole like, he's overpaid, now we can't do anything, or we could have kept Saboka, or whatever it is. Saboka didn't want to be here. And, Dude, and he's Oh overpaid. my God, I'm we're so gonna, glad you said that. We're not going to get into that because we've, we've covered that in the show already. The dude wanted a lot of money. He was a fan favorite. Yeah. That's why people want people to just pay him whatever he wanted. Yeah. A lot of a lot of GMs, which it's it's been well like kind of talked about, which from some things I read, they're really happy what Armstrong did because he's uh, at the end of the day, Saboka is a bottom nine guy, a bottom you know bottom six guy, and it's like you're paying a guy three million dollars, then they're, people are going to hit me up now and say you're paying Steve Ott two point seven. Well, yeah, but look at the talent that's up there, and then Ott can move up. Yeah, I know, I know Tyler, he's not that good, uh, but he's going to move up. We have difference of opinions, but on. he but he could, he, could, he could fill he could fill a role. 
Agreed. So that's fine. And I think that's the same thing you have in a, in a player like Patrick Berglund is you have a player who, um, you know, fills that role. And it's not so much that you need him to score 20 or 30 goals as it is you look at the people that he's, he's surrounded with on his team. It's very much like, remember when we first brought, um, Schwartz into the team when we first brought Yaskin up and they were playing on the third lines or fourth lines. Mm-hmm. When you're the primary guy on a line, you're going to draw mm-hmm. the majority of the attention. Well, look at Tarasenko when we first was a rookie. We had him exactly. on the third line. Now look at him now. Exactly. It's like you develop. So, you know, when you put talented people amongst other talented people, and that's not to say that there aren't, you know, that there are untalented people on this Blues team, but when you surround you know, Berglund with someone like Oshie and Bacchus, okay, you know that everyone's primary focus when it comes to scoring on that line is going to be TJ Oshie. Mm-hmm. So that opens up the ability for Bacchus or Berglund to, to get thing. more done. And that's what you saw last night. And, and also, I think yeah, go ahead. that's that. what, that's the one thing that I, I wish, and it's not just Blues fans, because you're right, every team has at least a player or two on their team. They're like, well, how come they can't do what they used to do? Uh, look like, at, what do you think Buffalo is saying about Chris Stewart right oh now? Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Dude, teams evolve and teams change. And you look at the type of team that the Blues were even three years ago versus now, and it's such a different team. It is a faster team. It's mm-hmm. a quicker team. It's a more skilled team. You went from a team where where Patrick Berglund was arguably second one of your, line, almost one of your top four scores. Yeah, to the fa- to the point now where Berglund's not really looked at to have to score. If he puts some in, that's gravy. Mm-hmm. But he's not expected to be a Tarasenko, Lutera, Schwartz, Oshie type of player. So, sorry, I was looking at something, and I don't think that's right, but it's okay. Either I, either the Rams are winning ten nothing or. Uh, that can't be. That that can't be right. So that's anyway, my that's, that's my rant. That's alert. But uh, yeah, so, Jamal Charles scored a touchdown. Uh, Jamal Charles, yeah, I love him. So uh, that's the recap of the games this week. So I'll go into a little bit of Blues news. So it came out uh, early yesterday, Saturday, the fifteenth mm-hmm. of November, that the Blues made a trade, kind of something that was been kind of talked about since, something was since the preseason. The Blues have had a stacked defense pretty much and brought in you know, Chris Butler. Yep. Uh, Terry Lindbaum has yep. jumped up, and this is what made the trade possible. I think Lindbaum sticking and doing what he's doing right now mm-hmm. made this trade possible. The Blues ship Jordan Leopold to the Columbus Blue Jackets for a fifth-round pick in the 2016 entry draft. Yeah. It makes sense for everybody. Uh, the Blues retain a little bit on top of that. Yeah. Blues retained about 500000 of the uh, salary. Yep. So... Uh, Leopold is 34 years old. Um, you know, only had a couple points with the Blues. The Blues acquired him from Buffalo for two second round picks a couple years ago. Yep. Long, you know, the same time we acquired a Bowmeister. So, uh, and he's been a solid D man. I had no problem with him. Actually, I, I like know. him better than Cole. And I, I do too. But, but Cole, Cole's so much cheaper. Yeah, he's cheaper and he, and younger. And cheaper, younger, and also, you know, seems to, there's potential there. There, yeah, he can still grow, and I think playing regularly, maybe not having that person breathing down your neck where yeah. you know you can replace it anytime. Maybe that's to be the change of pace for him. Well, and, and the thing is, you know, I read a little bit about this trade after it happened, and it really makes sense. Like, I don't think any player in their right mind would want to go from a team like St. Louis to a team like Columbus from a com- competition factor. But when you when you read what Leopold said, which was, "Look, man, if I'm going to extend my career." 
I need to. Play. I need to play. Yeah. Like I, I can't be the seventh defenseman who's watching games from the skybox. Yeah. I need to stay active, and that's smart. So maybe you take a step back, competition level wise. Go to a team like Columbus, which isn't horrible. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're ravaged. They're ravaged with injuries right now, right. which is one of the reasons why they put just put a Feder Tutin on IR for four to six weeks with right. a foot injury. I think so but, they needed somebody to step in, and, sure. he, and he played right away. And you look, you know, so he goes. He's going to get to play. He's going to get to play quality minutes. He extends his career a couple of years. Yeah, he might be a top four guy. Yeah, it's a win win for everybody. And as you know, I was explaining online last night, it helps us as a team restock our cabinet of draft picks because we really don't have many right now. Yeah, that are immediate help type yeah. things. Like Yaskin and Ratty is about it. And then uh, on Fabry defense, in a few years. Fabry will be there. And I, yeah, because he won't have to go to the AHL next year. So who knows how things go. But yeah, you're a ways off on a couple guys. And. You know, it's nice to have the low picks, and then you can use those low picks to move up. Sure. Who knows? So, and the Blues also get, after this, they'll get about $1.1 million in uh, cap, cap relief, relief, which is... Which is big. Which, when they had injuries call up, they actually, the Blues were at the point, kind of the LA Kings, where they didn't have Oshie officially. Yeah, Oshie was on IR officially, but it's like, you know, Reeves was hurt. You know, what happens at some time to another forward, you know, and then they might, who knows what they would have to do if they yeah. were able to call somebody up. So it was very uh, interesting that the Blues might be... Just like LA might only dress nineteen guys, yeah, just due to cap reasons, which is crazy. So the Blues get the little cap relief. They jump down on the cap geek from being like a top five team in down to uh, number thirteen now, which is big. So you have cap room in case something comes up. You need to maybe make a trade later on. Uh, Chris Butler is officially called up now. He's having a solid season down at AHL. Sure. Uh, Doug Armstrong, I actually went on his way to compliment uh, uh, not only Limbaugh but Brett Regner, Regner, R E G N E R. As another defenseman who the Blues have their eye on down there, who he's right. been down down there for a while now. So um, it's good that we have these guys stepping up, but I'm also concerned about guys like Hockenpah and Edmondson, who the Blues fans thought for the longest time, like these are going to be the guys that are going to be filling in for the Pollocks, sure. you know, at the time, and then are, you know, the next big rug, rugged guy. And they're not really, you know, developing right now. So who knows? Yeah, where those guys stand in the eyes of management. Well, and I think also you look at the, you know, and we've we've kind of drilled on this every podcast of the season is the direction this team is going now is kind of away from the Pollock esque type of defenseman and more to a puck moving European, yeah, two way player defenseman. Yeah. And it's not that those guys aren't good, but do they fit into the system that this Blues team currently has? Yeah. So. That trade happened this week. Uh, Yaskin was sent down. Since, uh, Doesn't surprise well, me. Well, since Oshie was activated. I mean, yeah. that's fine. Get the guy some minutes. He was had he had a goal in three uh, assists in four games with the Chicago Wolves. So let him go back down, get top minutes, yep. and develop. You know, So Agreed. I mean, there's no point of putting him on the fourth line. And you know, even the third it line Doesn't is, do him any good. I'd rather have him paying, you know, I agree. 18 minutes instead of like eight minutes here. I agree. And have him play with other skill players. Yep. So instead of grinders, there's nothing that's going to do there. So Blues do that. Um, so our little, I guess, um, you know, discussion we'll have this week about uh, the big thing I hit this week is that Bill Daly pretty much came out and said that ads on jerseys are going to happen. Yeah. Um, this is something that's kind of uh, a lot of the uh, KHL European leagues where you see like ads like virtually covering the almost like ugly Christmas sweaters like right. all over their you know jerseys. I, I would doubt that it's going to be that bad. I think you'll have the. Uh, like if you look at soccer jerseys now, like over soccer, in, they have like the, they have the big like across like 
one. That's the, all it is. Uh, if you look, uh, I think it's I think it's Real Madrid. Has, Dude, all of them. Has, all of them. Yeah, but they have a big one. I just noticed because of the one of the companies I work with is Aon. Yeah, and it has it like huge, like yeah. as big as the Blue Note. That's like, on their all chest. it is. If you look at uh, that was and always, it's a lot of money they get yes. from that. So. And that was going to be my argument when it came to this is when you look at soccer, be it Premier League, MLS, whoever it is, they're the all jerseys. Like that. Yeah. In most cases. Don't even say the name of the team. They have a little crest on the top show, like right, little, like kind of like where a C would be for Correct. a hockey goalie. Like if if you or look at jersey, at ninety percent of them, like one of them is, says Samsung, one of them is is Fly Emirates, yeah. like and that is the big focal point of the of the jersey, not the crest of the team. Yeah. So um, I don't it, think it's, it's, I think something's going to happen that big where that's the prevalent thing. In the no, NHL. I don't think it'll be like that. It'll be kind of reverse. You'll have maybe on the back. Like along maybe along your trimmer on the bottom, maybe you'll have a couple of things there. I figured it's either going to be towards the bottom trim on the back, or you'll see shoulder patches. Yeah, something there like it's going to be the Blues don't have shoulder patches on their regular jerseys, so yeah. you could easily see like, for example, maybe Scott Trade putting something on the left shoulder and Budweiser, yeah, something like that. You know, you know. But at the end of the day. It's not the end of the world. And if yeah, it's going to bring money your team... I see a lot of people saying, like, save the jerseys and do this and this. I get it. Like, I know there's purists out there, and that's fine. But if it's something that's not going to take away from I agree. Blue Note, fine. Yeah. If they're going to put, like, that, they're going to put the Blue Note, and then in the middle of the Blue Note, or at the bottom where the little uh, circle is at here, they put, uh, you know, the Budweiser symbol or something like that. It's like, yeah. okay, that's no, real much. I think Which I don't think ever would happen. No. Uh, and again, I don't think that we need to worry about teams all of a sudden looking like walking billboards or, or you know, like skating NASCARs, whether you're just covering yeah. stickers and patches. I think that, yes, it is going to happen. I think that they'll find a way to do it without it being overly gaudy. And at the end of the day, look, man, if you like hockey, you have to look at ways to raise revenue for your team. A team like the Blues doesn't really make money Unless they go deep into the playoffs. And unless I'm wrong, I believe that going out in the first round last year is what stopped this team from turning a profit. Yeah. Especially now that you're paying more. And I know that we've raised ticket prices, but you you have to look at a, a, a big picture, which is the more revenue that your team makes, the more improvements they can make to the team on ice, to Off the, the facilities, yep. to everything. It will make the overall experience better. So are you really going to begrudge a three inch by six inch patch somewhere on a jersey the millions of dollars in, in income revenue and ad revenue that it gains you? I don't think so. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Am I a huge fan of it? No. But I understand it. Yeah, I understand why it's something that's being considered. Do you want this team to keep, uh, you know, going out and get guys like Paul Stastny? Exactly. Like if they need it, like a piece that the Blues need. Do you want the Blues to actually win a Stanley Cup? Yeah. So now you got to supplement that uh, talent if you Absolutely, don't have it in the pipeline. Man. And how are you going to get that? Like owners can't keep throwing money out there. Eventually, you know, ownership. Like as much as they say it's a civic duty that they're doing, it will. That, eventually, there's a point where it's like that well will dry up. Yeah. Like, like same thing with Arizona, for example, Arizona, they had this whole, you know, their whole keep the coyotes there. Sure. And they finally got to keep there. And they said, but they have a provision in five years, they lose $50 million. Yep. They're out. First year, $21 million they lost. Yeah. So they're almost halfway there. Yeah. So, and also we'll bring us into our next point where uh, a lot of the NHL officials met with some people, some prospective owners for the, for a potential team in Las Vegas this week. I think it's going to happen. 
I think it's pretty much within the next two years. I'm calling um, right now. Is it going to be expansion or a moving team? Yeah. Is the question. Expansion, you're going to get a ton of money. All, yeah. the, all other teams are going to push for an expansion team because you're going to get that $400 million Absolutely. Uh, rights to a team fee. Uh, I think Arizona's going to be that team that's going to be looked at first. And then Florida, you look at Florida where yeah. people complain about our attendance. Like, oh, boy, man. Attendance, like there, they say 7,000. I was at work to, at the Blues when we said 7,000. There wasn't 7,000 people there. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. I right. There was probably maybe five or four even on some yeah. nights. I agree. So I think it's going to wind up being – I'm saying an expansion team and one, and then you're going to start moving teams again. You know, someone it, – it, it seems like every two to three years, pro sports in Vegas gets gets kicked around. And obviously the main concern is the fact that all the sports books are there. Yeah. Um, somebody's going to make the first move. For a while it seemed like the NBA was going to be that. that they kind of came team. out this week and did an open – I don't know if you saw that. Adam yeah. Silver did an open-end piece for, uh, I want to say New York Times or mm-hmm. USA Today, one of the two. Basically saying why sports teams, you know, NBA specifically, should be in uh, Vegas. It's a huge city. It is, I believe it is the largest U.S. market not with any pro sports team. Correct. Um, You know, there's ways to do it without linking it directly to gambling. Which is hard because, like, the... One of the prospective team owners, the Maloofs. Maloofs, who own, own the Palms. Palms. Yeah, so but who that's knows? fine, man. That's- they, but they, but they, the thing is, why I read why the blue, why not the blue? Excuse me, NHL is all in on kind of like the Maloofs more than anything. Is they know Vegas absolutely. So if, if you know somebody who knows Vegas and knows how to market a team, to apparently there's an arena that's getting built that can yeah. hold well, it's like nineteen thousand for NBA, uh, seventeen thousand for NHL. And then concerts between nine and fifteen thousand, depending yeah. on the skate stage configuration. And this team, this thing would be like state of the art. Yeah, like and you better believe it. That know. will be the best arena you have ever seen. And basically, this, the thing that's going to be kind of like the hold up or figure out is if a team's there, how are they going to divvy up kind of the sweet money? Like you know, because you're going to have that thing booked like oh yeah, three hundred something days. For sure, a year. Like you're not going to have that thing not booked. That will th- that thing will never sit empty on a weekend. Yeah, every weekend that's going to have be booked. Um, during the week is more likely going to be booked just with something there. Something there, yeah. And so that thing is going to be constant. The question is, like, for all the sweets that's going to be in there, what are you going to get in yeah. there? Are you going to get? Uh, is that going to go to the teams? That go to somebody else? Or do, do they hold back? You know, sweets for high rollers. Yeah. You know, and those are all genuine concerns. So I think that's the, but that's that, just general business stuff. Yeah. So I think, I think figuring out stuff like that's going to be, I think that's why it started now. And I think meeting the team owner and kind of getting it. Yeah. It's going to be in the open. I think it's better. It's out in the open than oh, I agree. them just like all of a sudden like, oh, Hey, Gary Bettman's in Seattle today. I wonder why he's there. You know, well, like and, how that kind of went along. You know, you've seen the, you've seen Las Vegas courting the NHL for some time. With them moving their award ceremony out there and it being yeah. there every year now, it doesn't surprise me that this is happening. Um, and I really think you know once the first once the first pro sports team gets there, it's going to open the gates. Mm-hmm. It'll take four or five years, and then leagues will go, okay, well it, it's okay. You know we're not fielding a team that's shaving points every game. Yeah, and you'll see you know, if the NHL leads the way, you'll see the NBA come in. Yeah, I think that's the You'll see thing, Major yeah. League Baseball come in. I don't know if you ever see the NFL go there. Mm, I don't think so. Um, but I can see at least the NBA and the NHL. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting, kind of a 
you know, scenario that happens. I'll go on one other little article that I, it was kind of an older article that I saw on Deadline, just randomly mm-hmm. on Twitter, uh, about the whole Phoenix Coyotes possibly moving back a few years ago. Yeah. Did you see that? Did you re- happen mm-hmm. to see that? Well, basically, it shows that a moving company was on, like, ready, like, sitting there, back up to the arena. Really? Waiting for the word from the city council. Although the city council did not pass that vote that night. They were out. They literally were like, it was going to be a Cleveland Seattle. They literally had them ready to go to Seattle. Like they really? Had, they had everything booked, ready to go, and just like, okay, they're going to go in uh, the one arena that's up there, and it's like, okay, we can get it ready for uh, NHL team to have like you know twelve thousand people, you know, for a couple of years, and then we'll have the big arena built, sure. and we'll be good to go. And it was like waiting a vote away, a vote away, and it only was passed by one vote. If you remember, three to yeah. two. If that didn't pass, they were ready to bolt like instantly, and and, and NHL was behind it too. Yeah, that's the at least report. It was a rumor. It, it doesn't surprise me. I look, man. I love the idea of non traditional hockey markets. I do. I think that it's important. But I think that what happened was you look at you know the I will I'll call it the southwestern uh, explosion of the NHL in the mid late nineties. And obviously that was due in large part to the success of Wayne Gretzky in, in LA. LA yeah. Um, selling hockey in Phoenix is difficult. I think that that team would have been better suited, um, in a place like maybe San Diego, where you're still close to, uh, a Los Angeles or, um, or something like that. But, that being said, I think the fact that they're talking about moving this team to Seattle is smart. Mm-hmm. I think that a it finally gives you a team in the Northwest for Vancouver to kind of yeah rival. it's it's a natural rivalry for Vancouver because Seattle to Vancouver is two hours I think yeah it's, it's they're really literally short. like right across the board yeah it's really short um um but it gives you hockey up in the Northwest corner of the United States which you don't have. Your closest teams are the San Jose Sharks and the Colorado Avalanche, yeah, so. or the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, so it's a little tough. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of hockey to be played there. When you think of the University of North Dakota and all those big college schools, there's no pro team up there at all. Yeah. Well, there's obviously hockey fans there. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that if you were to hold me down and say where are the next four hockey teams going, I would say Seattle, Las Vegas, Quebec. That's probably it. And then maybe a second team in Toronto. Or Hamilton, yeah. Maybe Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City seems to like not be in a rush. Yeah, like I, I think the, the big three that are eminent are Seattle, Vegas, and, and, and uh, Quebec. Quebec. Quebec, so they've said that their arena will be ready in September of next year yeah. for our team. So yeah. I'm, and then there's, wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, and then after that, I think it's all the B-level players, which are your Hamilton slash Toronto's, Kansas City, um, or the next tier of like right. we get a team or, or yeah. move a team. There. So, um, but yeah, man, it, it's a shame. I hate to see any city lose a franchise. Yeah, because there are true fans there. Absolutely, like, there are there, there are Panthers were. fans that are like There's diehards. Atlanta Thrashers fans. You yeah. know that they were there. Yeah. Hartford Whalers fans. That's a team that really. That's a city that should get a team again. Is Hartford? Yeah, I love the Whalers. Um, but you know, I hate to see any team lose a franchise, be it whatever sport, and it's something that people in St. Louis are kind of worrying about right now when it comes to the Rams, but the NHL has done more than its due diligence in trying to prop up and support the Phoenix Coyotes. And at some point, 
I'm sorry, Arizona Coyotes. At some point, you just have to pull the plug. Yeah. So I was going to do one little fun thing before our big announcement. Yeah. So uh, Chris actually sent me this link the other day. It's on a website called Five Mole. F-I-V-E-M-O-L-E. It's basically the 30 NHL teams as alcoholic beverages. Which is pretty cool. So I There was another along. one earlier in the week that was all 30 teams as restaurants. I didn't see that one. And I'm trying I saw to remember. the Simpsons character one. Yeah, the blue. And character. that one slammed the blues. Yeah. And they call they I forget who oh, they I were. I, I have seen that one. I can't remember that one. Yeah, they basically. I thought it was Applebee's or something like that. Might be anyway, and basically their their slogan was they think they're really good and they think they're top tier when they're really just crap. Yeah, and basically. it was yeah like Applebee's or, or Outback like or something, or something like, like that. that. So I'm not gonna go through every NHL team what they are. I'll right. just read uh, the Blues and then I mean I'll, I, there's a couple of funny ones I saw. So the Blues, I'm probably saying this wrong. It's Cyclone. Thank you, Cyclone Rum. You probably haven't heard of it unless you really pay attention. But this rum is underrated and really good, much like the blues. So yeah. actually, like, kind of like uh, down on the blues, but yet then propping them up. Yeah. So I kind of like that one. Well, I think it's, you know, it's very accurate in the fact that for the most part, unless you're a real hockey fan. And we'll, I'll tweet out that link on our yeah. on our uh, Twitter at Blues Hockey NHL. Yep. Unless you're a blues fan or a diehard hockey fan, look, guys, the Midwest is considered flyover country. And we're not Chicago. Yeah. So... We're as much as we like to think we're a big city, we're not. Yeah, I'll, those are your two more that I'm just reading right now. <laughs> so, San Jose Sharks, uh, like tequila, the Sharks always start out really fun, but end really, really badly. <laughs> True. True. And the other one which I think is funny was uh, uh, Winnipeg Jets, Rolling Rock, because literally any choice is a better one. Yes, and then because it's just funny, the Chicago Blackhawks were, quote, Jaeger bombs, bro. <laughs> I forgot that. I didn't get that one yet. Uh, that one's awesome. Well, that was the other one I just said. I just saw. And then, which is funny, the Capitals, White Russian. Which, sure. There you go. So <laughs> that was a little funny. I'll tweet that out at the end of the show. So let's get into our, quote-unquote, big announcement. Yeah. We've been teasing this for a couple of weeks. So we're um, getting logistics kind of figured out and other stuff kind of yep. done. We, uh, for, for those of you who followed the podcast, know that we actually do have a website that we don't really utilize much. Um, But that's going to change because we now have a audibly silent but visually very active Mm -hmm. third party in our website. We officially have a spokesmodel. Yeah, I guess kind of like how Fox Sports Midwest have the Fox Sports Midwest girls. Yep. And they kind of promote a lot of stuff. We have a blues hottie. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, Melissa. Yep. Once. We have Blues Hottie Melissa, who is now officially part of the podcast family. Um, and what we're going to do is every week when we post a show, we'll post a new picture of – make sure that you understood that I said new, N-E-W. Correct. <laughs> a P- new P- – I said PG-13, which is like yeah, fine. A, a new hot picture of Melissa in Blues gear. Yeah. So you'll see the one when we post this one. Um Melissa is awesome. I've known her for a while. She is, if you could build what guys would consider to be the perfect woman, it would be her. Because not only is she drop-dead gorgeous, she's a Marine. Yeah. Like, full-on United States Marine Corps can destroy you. I don't know if I I can say ass. Badass chick. Yeah. Like, works on airplanes. Yeah. And still looks pretty damn good in a bikini. Correct. She's not like your typical, you know, shaved head uh, soldier chick. Like the girl's hot yep. and could probably beat your ass. Yeah. 
Correct. So she, uh, we will be putting her links out there for her kind of page, yep. her Facebook page. You'll get links to her Facebook page, her Instagram. She's going to create a Twitter. Yeah. Uh, she will have a spot on the website that you can check her out. You can follow her all of her stuff. Be nice, because if you're not, I'll come and find you, even though I probably couldn't do as much damage to you as she could. Yeah. Um, be respectful. Yeah, as always. She ask. knows she's good looking. You can say that she's hot. She's not going to get mad, but don't be that guy. Yeah. So she is going to be. I talked to her via email last night, and totally uh, cool check. Yes, and she's going to, uh, depending on how it works, uh, either when she's because she is not in the state. Yeah, of she's actually in Carolina. Yeah, so she is not around here. So uh, this was scheduling wise. She will be in, I think, around the holidays. Yep. So I think we're going to do a whole. Uh, Hang out or something like that. Yeah. When we're going to have her on and she'll, uh, we'll do a quick interview with her and just kind of get her, you know, thoughts. Like she's a big sports fan. She's actually a huge sports yeah, fan. Yeah. So she's, uh, and she's rocking a Tarasenko jersey, which is always a good thing. Correct. So, and she looks, uh, amazing as well. So yes, she's she going to be kind of our, you don't want to look at us. No. You guys really don't want to look at a seven foot tall fat dude and his buddy. Yeah. So we don't want to sit there and look. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to look at us. So we're going to have pictures of, uh, so we got, um, she sent me some stuff, so I got her bio and stuff, and I got stuff we've talked to you about, which I've been yep. lazy, not have anything. So, the website is gonna be the Meet the Host tab, or I might change the name of that, but whatever. Sure. It's gonna have us, and I'll have our links for our various stuff on there. It's gonna have her, with a very nice picture of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and which all her links. Added, that gallery will be added to weekly. Yeah, so we're gonna have some of, so she sent me a handful of stuff to start. So I kind of have some pictures to you know get going, and then she said she took a lot of pictures in the blues stuff. Five hundred plus. So we have a lot to go off of. So if we get yeah. to five hundred episodes, then I guess I we'll have to tell her to do some more, do some more. <laughs> so but that'll be fine for now. So yeah. So welcome Melissa to the Blues Hockey Podcast. She's super awesome, and so she's she- really excited to be part of it. So be nice to her, welcome her, say hey, like her pages, all that good stuff. Yeah. So like I said, I will be respectful. We yes. That's the, the number one thing at the end of the day. Just be respectful to her as you, you know, would to us. Right. And Even though we don't look nearly as good in our jerseys as she correct. does in hers. Yeah, if I I can't wear a jersey like the way she wears a jersey. No. It would, it would look really awkward. That would look odd. I think I would have to leave the room. Yeah. So so anyway, let's uh, wrap things up here. So uh, just another quick, I guess, announcement. We're going to be having like a bunch of different stuff on the show yeah. in the next three or four weeks. Um, if Melissa comes on between that time, if not, she will have her on before the end of the year, it yep. looks like, or at least around the year end. Sure. Um, we have her on. We also have our friend, uh, Dominic, who is actually a blogger for the New York, uh, Islanders. Yeah. What's a really at, great blog? It's called, uh, Lighthouse, uh, Hockey, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. So he runs that and actually was, you know, we played hockey with him the other night and. Real good. Correct. And also, uh, like a lot of his stuff. So I'll put his Twitter out there as well. So start following him for any kind of Islanders news. Yeah. Um, they're also part of the SB Nation, which uh, is the same guys like the Beyond Checkerdome guys are yes. part of for game, St. Louis game time. So uh, Dominic actually, when I talked to him about him, he actually you know talked to those guys before. Oh, wow. So he knows them so a little bit. So that leads us into our next thing. So please check out like Beyond Checkerdome. Those guys are doing a – gave us a shout-out last week, and they're a big fan of the uh, – uh, Blues uh, Hall of Shame. Oh, dude, it's great. It's one of my favorite things. So Tyler was a big fan of the uh, Eric Brewer uh, inclusion in that. Uh, so please check me out. Beyond Checkerdome, those guys are awesome. The Loose Chicklet guys are uh, guys that 
pumping out the shows now. Yeah, that's, man, that's a roll. Yeah, you got like three out there. They shared your uh, same opinion on the Ovechkin indeed, the Blues. Indeed, we had a little Twitter exchange about that. I'm glad I'm not the only one who reads that. And they talked about what it. What are you guys talking about? So that was awesome. That those guys are doing a good job. So uh, well, I'll try to coordinate something with them. Yep. And see if one or two or all three of them can be on. And uh, just, yeah, all, everybody promote each other. Like yeah, I said, man. The best it's thing. all a big family. Yep. Does everybody get stuff about the Blues out there? So Blues, winners of 10 of 11. You're talking about over ten percent of your season you've won so yep. far, which is that's you know and that's just the current streak. So in that, in that national game, you had a good chance of winning that one too, Easily. which yeah. is I'll take keep winning ten of eleven. I just because I'm that guy, and I know we're not even twenty games into the season yet, but I always look at what projected playoff matchups would be. Do you know he he would play in the first round if it started today? L.A. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, our boy of Bob course, there. because we can't not play LA or Chicago. Yeah. So, and talk, talk to Bobby about that. But yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Well, we're going to do our best to get uh, we'll get some people on here and there. Yeah. We have we've created a little bit of a network with some opposing teams. We've got some Blackhawks guys, Kings guys. Obviously, we talked about Dominic and the Islanders. Um, so, yeah, our our goal is to try to. You know, obviously be blue centric, but it's always nice to see what people's perspective of the this Blues team is outside of outside of St. Louis. Yeah, and even Dominic, who lives in St. Louis, he's a Blues fan, but he's an Islanders guy. So, so you know, we can learn some have, stuff about the Islanders too, because that's one of the teams like. I kind of follow because I think I mean I was like like a lock. I don't know if you saw it saved there night. Oh, dude, neck, that was awesome. This neck read is back to the post, yep. which is awesome, and I, that's a team I really think that's gonna. Surprise people I agree. in the East. I agree. You know, they had a little downtime and then sure. they're back up. So, um, you know, you look, speaking of, and this just jogged my memory and then we can get out is, um, my, my business's offices are in New York and I would say 90% of my company are Rangers fans. Mm. And I think they were all at the game in the garden. Yeah. And all of them came back and they're like, dude, that Tarasenko kid. Yeah. Like your team is insane. Yeah. And it, it's cool because... And that was the only game that night and everything, so I yeah. think that, that got some eyes on the Blues, for yep. sure. So it, it's cool to see the profile of this team rise nationally. Um, and it and, wasn't a one-game thing. No, they've well which proven. is great. They've tore it up since then. That's, that yep. was kind of the beginning of everything. So That that was the arrival, and yeah. it's nice to see that they've kept it going. That was awesome. So if you want to get a hold of us, at, uh, go to our Twitter at BluesHockeyNHL. Also, at my personal one, at JPM Blues Fan 21. And I am at Hossapalooza. And uh, just for a couple other things, uh, for Facebook, Facebook is at, or not at, but Blues Hockey Podcast. Also, if you want to look up uh, Melissa's modeling page where she has some nice pictures up there. there I, I deem Above it, and beyond Blues pictures, yes, too. Yes, there's a Cardinal ones I think I saw. There's Cardinals ones. There's some legitimate, just like regular modeling, modeling ones. ones. So. Uh, um so she, uh, hers is, uh, I'll put it out there on the, our page. Yep. There'll be links uh, to everything. Yeah. I'll put the link out there. But if you look at Melissa with one S one L. Yep. Um, and she has it out there and her Instagram, I will get out there too. That she has like a ton of stuff. Uh, Instagram, if anybody follows that, we don't have really Instagram because we obviously have a very audio, audio show. Right. <laughs> She's very visual. So very, Correct. a little different. Hers is, uh, all caps letters, S T L. Then Melissa Nicole, so M E L I S A capital N I C O L E. There you go. So they she has the Instagram, so check her Instagram out. She uh, has some stuff. She just like any other normal person, is what she's doing. Kind of just puts yeah. pictures out there. So 
Feel, awesome. feel free to follow along. Welcome her to the family and, uh, and just be cool. Everyone's, you know, it's cool. It's, it's nice to see guys and girls both being sports fans. Yeah. So she's going to help us just kind of additional promotion of yeah. everything and just kind of get the word out there. And, uh, yeah. And she's something nice to look at while you listen to our two dumb voices. Correct. So we'll be putting the, the website will be, at least the tab will be, uh, fixed up soon. Meet the host tab. I think I have your picture. I think we're going to use the, uh, paper one. Nice. Because you sent me that one, so I think I the Keaton one. Yes, that's so awesome. part of me is like, should I get that one because it's in the paper? And then my wife's just like, well, I don't know. I'm like, that's an AP out. photo. From I, I looked at her and I'm like, listen, it's like how many years old? Oh, yeah, like, twenty five years old. If they want, we can. If somebody actually can go to the website and complain about it, no, an email, I'll flip it out. And a lovely picture of me, I'll throw up there. But, there you go, um, or whatever. Sure, or just a blue note symbol of me. You don't need to see me. So, ah! so anyway. So go to the uh, speaking of the website blueshockeypodcast.com, all one word. Or if you want to get a hold of us on the email blueshockeypodcast at gmail.com. So multiple avenues to get a hold of us. And at the point where I'm just rambling now, so we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Like I said welcome Melissa to Blues Hockey Podcast. Yay! We're happy to have you. It's nice to finally announce it after weeks of internal discussion. Yeah, we're just just making sure everything's good and. Make sure she's on board and everything, yeah, and make sure fun. she had her all her stuff set up so we could go ahead with it. And we're good to go. So, thanks, guys. Uh, welcome, Melissa, to the family, and we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.